0: In the last 10 to 15 years, there's been a major change in how hunters are perceived. It used to be all about the good old country boy who kills his own food, which is still the truth, but it has also transformed into something hunters train for all year, basically becoming a hunting athlete of sorts. My guest today, Jordan Miller is a lifetime athlete. He adopted this kind of thinking about hunting early in his life. As he built a business around personal training, he realized that he wanted to train hunters so they could have more success in the field. This prompted him to start a business and media company called Run to Gun. A few topics we covered in our conversation today include tips about fitness, nutrition, and overall healthy living, having a positive mindset, motivation and direction in life, and some of Jordan's memorable hunting adventures. Welcome
1: to Activate the Hunt, helping you master the skill of hunting. If you're a new hunter who's just getting started, or you've been hunting for a while, but want to learn new tips, tactics, and information to help you become a better hunter, this podcast is for you. Get ready to Activate the Hunt. Welcome to Activate the
0: Hunt. I'm your host, Colin Cottrell. Whether you're new to the show or you've been a listener for a while, I'm really glad you've joined me today. This podcast and organization is dedicated to helping new and experienced hunters like you learn, grow, and get inspired. Before we jump into the conversation this week with my friend Jordan Miller, I have a few notes and announcements. We just got done with turkey season here in Texas, and unfortunately, I didn't end up killing a turkey, but I did have a good season. I had a few close encounters and most notably, I had a great time. I was able to bring my daughter Sophia out on her first turkey hunt, which was a really cool experience. She's uh three, she just turned 3 years old earlier this year, so it was her first hunting experience ever. And I have to say, after that hunt, all she can talk about is going turkey hunting with daddy. Every night before I put her to bed, she has to have a hunting story now. So, it's been pretty cool to have her excited about hunting and for her to kind of take on you know, and learn about what hunting is all about. As we turn the page from turkey season here in Texas, luckily we can hunt hogs and uh, I'm getting things set up at my hunting lease to start chasing after wild hogs here in Texas. So uh, that's uh, kind of what's next on tap. I was out at the lease just this last weekend doing a bunch of work, getting trails trimmed up, getting feeders set up, getting trail cameras set up and and activated, Um, just doing everything we need to get done out on the lease to get some work done. I'm out on a 1000 acre lease. It's a bow only lease and uh I'm going to do some hog management this summer because uh the uh, farmers and the ranchers uh have those hogs tearing up their uh their wheat fields and their uh and their hay fields. So it's important that we get some management done on those hogs and it's it's kind of nice because we can bring home some good wild uh, organic meat as well. Um and of course, we have uh, summer deer scouting getting started. We actually uh my buddy Robert and I who I'm on the lease with. We uh, actually saw a couple of velvet bucks this weekend while we were driving around the lease as well. So that gets you excited. I'm excited to see what shows up on the trail cameras here in the next few weeks and we'll go from there. I only have one announcement this week, but it's a big one. I'm really excited to announce the launch of the Activate the Hunt Digital Campfire. I originally had a Facebook page called the Digital Campfire, but I wanted to take the group and community aspect and make it even better going beyond what was possible on Facebook's platform. The Digital Campfire is a team of passionate and like-minded hunters, basically a brotherhood, who get together on a daily and weekly basis, discussing hunting topics, learning and growing from our discussion together. When you become a member of the team, you get access to a bunch of really cool benefits, including a private members network app, weekly live team video calls, exclusive product discounts, huge giveaways with prizes like hunts, a bow package, gift cards, and coolers. There's so many benefits, I don't even have time to mention them here. But for a limited time, everyone who becomes a member of the Digital Campfire will get a free shirt and decal. Go to jointhecampfire.com to become a member today. That's www.jointhecampfire.com. All right, let's jump into my conversation this week with Jordan Miller. Jordan and I have been connected on social media for many years now, and I've always enjoyed the content he puts out about hunting, fitness, nutrition, and having a positive mindset. Jordan is a really positive and inspiring guy. I think you will really like this conversation. All right, brother, we're recording. Sweet. How's it going?
1: I'm great, man. How are you today?
0: <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. I've been looking forward to this conversation like all day. So a little background, me and Jordan, uh, we uh, we shacked up together. Huh? That's one way to put it. <laughs> <At> the, <Absolutely.
1: laughs>
0: that's, a, that's a horrible way to put it, actually. <laughs> he allowed me to to stay with him at his hotel in Salt Lake City, Utah for the uh, Western Hunting Expo. Yeah. And uh, we had a good time, man. We hung out a little bit, got to do a, a lot of talking, didn't catch up on life. Uh, Jordan and I have been following each other on social media for probably, I don't know, probably 8 9 years maybe <laughs> you know it's been a while i think honestly close to that yeah i, I seriously on facebook i think we were friends for quite a while so mm-hmm. it's been quite a while but uh we never have met each other in person so that was our first time to hang out in person and and yeah. we found out how much similar how much of a similar life we have which was kind of cool but uh it anyway was. i w- i wanted to get him on the podcast right away just cuz we had so many good conversations you know it was just like it was like we knew each other forever
1: it was kind of crazy. Like picked you up, like you, you got to hit up the expo day early. I was coming in off the airport and some work and came and picked you up in a rental car. And it was just like, Hey dude, what's going on? Like first time we ever met each other, but we acted like it, like we were old college buddies or something.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy how that happens. You know, just from social media, going back and forth too. you know, you feel like you know each other cause you follow each other's life almost yeah. post for post, you know? So it's like, it's crazy how that happens, but yeah man i I wanted to get you on the show here and I wanted to you know go through some topics you know there's so i mean there's so many different cool things that you're doing in your life with run to gun uh with your live beyond uh what's your podcast called live beyond?
1: Live Beyond Average podcast. Live Beyond
0: Average podcast, which I have actually listened to a few episodes. I'm not a huge hunting or outdoor podcast listener, to be honest, but uh, I have listened to a few episodes of your podcast, which is they're they're short and sweet and have always to the point, which I really like. So, yeah. but man, there's there's just so many uh, cool topics. I think that you know my listeners as you know, maybe new hunters might get from, you know, they might get some good information from you. So, you know, one of the first things I'd really like to, uh, to ask you about is tell me, cause I don't think I actually even asked you about this when we were in person is tell me a little bit about how you actually got started hunting.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, my, my hunting story is actually really similar to a lot of people. Like I grew up in Western South Dakota and you did two things you played sports and you went hunting you know and uh i was lucky to have a dad and a grandpa and great uncles that were all very involved in the outdoors and so for me seeing my dad you know take off on these little hunting trips or going out to the tree stand and me waiting at home just hoping he'd bring something back you know and uh so many days i remember him coming back to the door and i'd be waiting for him and it was just like dad did you get one did you get one and most of the time it really was like no, because he was my dad was an old school archery hunter yeah and so like like totally like fred bearish style kind of a guy that he'd go out, i mean old school stick and string that's not nothing like cool the technology we have now but he was a bow hunter yeah and so there wasn't a lot of times he came back with a deer you know yeah um and so he got a, a stick and string in my hands when i was like five I, I remember he took me out to rapid city and we got a got an old uh i think it was like a the the fred bear uh, eagle brave or whatever that is like the kids bow and uh yeah I was shooting young shooting really early out uh on the you know back then it wasn't even 3d targets it was a whole bunch of phone books that dad stacked because <laughs> he owned a motel so like back then you got phone books every year and he like just compressed all these phone books together and then bought one of the you know the deer yep. uh, canvas fronts that you know we would just wear ragged every summer out shooting in the backyard and so it really got started young, uh, and just you know, of course, I'm a little kid. I want to be just like dad. So yeah, seeing him go out on these, and then he would take us out goose hunting up uh, by Pierce, South Dakota, which is famous for great goose hunting on uh, the flyway there. And we would do that late season. We'd obviously have great pheasant hunting, so I'd be tagging along on any pheasant hunt, grouse hunt that I could. Growing up, um, my great uncles uh, were, and my grandpa, my great uncles were. Uh, very avid, big game hunters. I'd go to my, my, one of my great uncle's houses out in the hills, his cabin and big elk, full mount, uh, bighorn sheep, mountain goat. I mean, you name it. They, he had everything on his wall. And I would just go there and just every time yeah. just go there and stare at the wall, man. Cause that was such a, such a big dream to me. And they really, they really laid out what, how a run to gun even got started to, you know, it was those guys. It was definitely heritage that that came up with the idea.
0: So you basically grew up in a house of hunters. I mean, it was, it was basically in your blood as you grew up and, and as you, so like you would say maybe like 12 or 13, you started hunting or you, did you take along with your dad when you were pretty young?
1: Yeah. I was even taken along even way younger than that. Like even before 10, um, you know, taking along with the, with the BB gun, you know, like on their, their hunts, I'd get to take my BB gun kind of thing. And just, it was great because I learned how to handle, handle the weapon properly on these hunts, you know, very early. Cause I felt like I was doing exactly what they were even yeah. though. I, so no, I was taken along even before I could actually be the shooter.
0: What do you remember? Like your dad teaching you, like when you first, like your first hunt, maybe you take tagged along with him. Like, what do you really remember from that?
1: Oh man. I, I remember just like, I think it was probably a pheasant hunt was probably my first thing I got to tag along on. And I remember just being like learning, Hey, to like stay behind, like, Stay behind the shooters. It was very important that, you know, you're not in front of that firing line, which is the same thing as when you're shooting at the range, right? You have a firing line. So it was that same basic thought of us, like, Hey, never being in front, you know, you're staying, you're walking beside or behind kind of thing. Never yeah. directly behind because rattlesnakes out here are very prominent. And so it's like, you never walk single file because it's always the second guy that gets struck kind of thing. So it's, you know, just those little things. And I remember like, I remember on that, that hunt, I'm pretty sure dad let me shoot a shotgun like at a hay bale. Yeah. And Knocked me right on my butt. Like luckily he was standing beside me and caught me, but I was like, I wanted to be a big kid, you know? So, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of funny because I haven't thought about these things in a long time. So
0: I just remember like when, when I was growing up and I was a kid taking along with my dad too. Like, I just remember him always looking back, shh, quiet. You know, pick up your feet. That's all I remember. Like (laughs) all the time, he was like, "Pick up your feet." (laughs) And it's so funny. I I look back at that now, and it's like I think about that all the time, though. You know, like every time I'm out in the woods, like it's such a simple thing. You wouldn't think of that, but just picking up your feet when you're walking and you know walking quietly or taking your time slowly through the woods, like it makes such a huge difference. Especially like if you're hunting, if you're like walking in for like a whitetail hunt or something like that. You know, obviously out west, it's not such a huge deal, but you know,
1: yeah. But it's
0: crazy. I remember those little things. Those little things just stick with you, you know?
1: special, dude, It makes you really appreciate, like, because now, like, even, like, with what you're doing and trying to get these new hunters involved, like, think how lucky we are that we had some of these mentors, you know, that got us involved so early and to teach these things at such a early age. To us, it's just kind of normal thought process. I know. know, It's like you're thinking about, okay, like, how do I teach somebody this? And now that, you know, we both have young kids now, where we're like, I get to teach those things to young kids too. Like it's just really special that we had that opportunity to to grow up that way.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I think back too, like, kind of like you said, your uncles and your grandpa and stuff like that. And I don't have as many memories with my grandpa cause he was pretty old when, when I was, you know, just getting started as a kid. But, uh, my uncles are in my dad are obviously a huge reason why I'm a hunter now. And they're a big reason why I want to, you know, teach other people to hunt because I remember that passion that they had. I mean, and we didn't. We didn't kill. I mean, they didn't really kill much either. It wasn't about the kill at all, for sure. It was more of the camaraderie and hanging out and just the stories and the lessons learned, you know, as we hung out in deer camp, you know, in in northern central Minnesota. And just having them there to teach me all these different things, like I I took it for granted as I grew up. And now I look back and I'm like, man, what they the things they said to me in the time was we spent together, like really meant a ton to me. You know they mean a ton to me now, like I really am thankful for those times, you know and had that and had those people to teach me those things and now, as I've started activate the hunt, you know I look at all the people out there who are in the city or in the suburbs or don't have anybody around them that hunts or has never hunted before, and they're just trying to find enough information and kind of compile it all online together to figure out like what are the steps what you know how do I get started how do I move forward in this and There's really, I mean, there's a ton of great info. I was talking to a guy today. He's like, there's a ton of great information out there, but like, it's all over the place. I don't, it's not in one spot. I, you know, I had to do a ton of research. It took me, he's like a couple of years into this already just doing the research. He's like, man, we need something out there where we can just have this kind of in one spot and kind of take us through the steps, but then have somebody actually be there side by side with us and mentor us through that. So that's, you know, obviously what we had in our, in our family and our parents, I mean, from the time I was a five-year-old kid just hanging along in the deer stand with dad till the time I was 17, 18, I started archery hunting. You know, it's, it's crazy how I, I, we take that for granted, you know?
1: Yeah. It's a perspective that's like so important that, man, we're lucky.
0: Yeah, we are we are really lucky. So this led you, obviously you grew up hunting, you, you know, this became a passion of yours. Now, did you all through high school and college, was this something like, man, I, this is something I want to do someday. I want to start a TV show, all that, or, you know, kind of where did that come from?
1: Yeah, not at all. Uh, you know, I, sport was so important to me as well. So I lived in the gym, a basketball player and, uh, played basketball in college and, but, but I still had this huge pull to the outdoors. Like I was getting away on any weekend. We didn't have practice or a day. We didn't have practice. I was driving two and a, two and a half hours back home to get a day of hunting in. Um, it, cause it, the, the draw was just still so, so big, but I just didn't recognize it necessarily as, as that. I loved it more than basketball. I did, but I just didn't, I didn't know that. Cause I didn't think of it uh, hunting as a goal, you know, or a, or something I could do with as a career. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was just something that i loved to do. Um, and so after college, I majored in sports exercise and, um, obviously I was getting into the personal training thing. I, I had a ton of clients and
0: where did you, where did that passion come from? Like to get into yeah. like the personal training and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So how I got started with that was I didn't know what I was going to do at all for college. I, I was just going to go play basketball. That's all I, <laughs> that's all I thought about. Yeah. I, I was training down in Las Vegas with a company uh, called the Bundesrat Impact Basketball and Athletes Performance. And so I was going, I was saving my money. I'd go down there for 10 days at a time and I would train and I happened to get a really good trainer and she was just phenomenal. You know, made me start seeing big picture, really got the best out of me and I was like, This is something I'd like to do. Like I could, I get, I could, I love to help people. I grew up in a hotel setting. That's the business that my dad owned. I'd love to help people, and so it was like, you know, I love sports. Like I love helping people. This really makes sense. And so from there, it was like, I know what I want to major in. I want to major in sports exercise. Cool. And uh, that's kind of what led that, and then that merged into after I graduated college, and I saw my my great grandfather's my grandpa quit applying for some of these big game tags. And uh, some of them they had over thirty years preference points in, which is yeah. insane. And they stopped applying for them. And I'm like, you guys aren't that old, you know? Like you still have good hunting years left. But they yeah. just they weren't in the physical condition that they, you know, that they believed that. And so it was just something you know that came to mind to me that made sense. Like oh, like I I train people and I train myself for hunts, but I've never thought of it that I actually that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I officially started run to gun that way. You know, this was way back in, you know, 2011, 2012 before it was a, a big thing, you know, yeah, so,
0: exactly. Yeah. Hunting, hunting has always been kind of just the, the, the gentleman's sport where, you know, you it's, you go out and leisurely hang out a little bit and mm-hmm. I'm up in your deer stand and, and have a beer and, and just, you know, beer and hunting camp and just tell stories, which is great. There's nothing wrong with yeah. of that. Yep. But, as you look into this you know as you look at, at this new generation of hunters and what we're drawn to, you know we, we like the idea of an adventure and the excitement and being in shape and and you know being able to move around and, and uh, you know get after some of these western game out west and and move around in the woods out east and, and really scout and shed hunt and put time in you know and I, so I can definitely see how that that you know that uh, run to gun style, um, uh, motivation kind of happened in our generation. You know, we're, we're kind of the same age. So it was kind of our generation where that happened, you know?
1: Yeah. And it was just kind of cool how it starts when you're younger like that and how my business started with a specific, you know, goal in mind, you know, just technically fitness and hunting and how we've morphed into more of this lifestyle brand now that, you know, I I really sat back after, you know, a couple years of really training and I was like, I, I'm not training to be in shape for this hunt. Like, yes, I I do train to be in shape and to be in great shape for hunt, but I'm like, I'm just a better overall person when yes. I'm, I'm a better husband. I'm a I'm a I'm a better brother. I'm a, a better all these things, and that's where we just started. You know, preaching that is that's that's actually what you get out of fitness. That's the true meaning of yes. health and fitness is not six pack abs, but definitely just living a life beyond average. And that's where that came. Cool. From, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's just whole holistic view of just living a great life and a life that is just so much more than just training for a hunt. For 12 weeks.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, the the training for a hunt and that motivation, man, it, it definitely sometimes I look at my why for a certain hunt. Oh, yeah. Especially as I think about hunting out west, I'm like, man, that is on my mind for sure. But then in the long run, I think, man, I'm gonna be in better shape for my wife and my kids. I, I'm gonna be able to move around. I'm gonna be healthier, I'm gonna live longer so I can provide and and lead my family. And yeah. so that that side of what you're doing with run to gun is 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 huge man I think that's what it's all about and, and that just kind of comes back into even hunting as a whole you know we don't just hunt because we like to go out and kill stuff you know what I mean yeah. and many, it's kind of funny sometimes when I hear people oh you just love to go out and kill stuff and it's like you know really that's like you like we said kind of at the start you know our families didn't necessarily even kill a lot of stuff at the at the start I mean they yeah. you do become a better hunter your natural inclination is to is growth and to get better but but you know, it, it, at the start it was like it wasn't about that at all, you know. So
1: Yeah, it's 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 a pretty special deal, you know. It's definitely like we kind of have a good example that we just released our, our day thirteen film, which is you know, a thirteen days we spent meal yep. there hunting, you know, where it's just like, Yeah, if, if it was all about the kill, I would have went out and tried to kill something on day one or two and just been done. I went to hunted for thir- you know, eleven more days. Yeah. You know, just it was definitely about the adventure. So now,
0: was that, was that because it, I mean, obviously, so you're saying you could have killed something in the first couple of days, but you kind of wanted to wait and get something, a, a larger animal or, or you, or you liked the adventure of the hunt or tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. A combination of multiple things. I, I think I was it day one or day two. I actually missed a shot on a mule deer on the second or third day, botched a shot and then, uh, we had we had some good stocks on yeah. several days, um,
0: but it was hard. It was a hard hunt. It was
1: diff- yeah, it was difficult. I mean, yeah. it's easy just to be like, eh, "I got I got rifle tags later in the season for the same spot. I don't I don't need to fill this archery tag. It's an over the counter tag. Yeah. I don't need to be using resources, time, money, gas spent to drive out to the spot, hike in every single day, be away from family. But it was definitely that that adventure that pulls us out there. Yes, being out in in God's country that is is definitely the the special thing to us you know the i love getting out to my little spot i have this knoll up top right almost two miles in where i get into and i i love to glass the sun up man and it's over top of this really cool badland canyon and it's just one of those special spots like i think i say it on one of the days like i think it's day 10 on the film where i'm like yeah we were really tired this morning like did not want to get out here and, uh, but we hiked in and and we were re- rewarded with this just outstanding view and a uh, pretty special morning. And it was like, brought a lot of perspective and that's what the outdoors do. It brought a lot of perspective. Like I have these yeah. two healthy legs and these eyes that I can glass, these mule deer in the legs to get me back up into these spots that not everybody can do. And and not everybody can, it can do and have the abilities that I have and just not to take those little things for granted that yeah. are actually really big things and, that's what the 13 days is all about, you know, is, 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 is that in itself. And so, cool. and, and, but that being said, weekend hunts are just as special. My get off work on Friday and drive out West four hours, hunt Saturday, all day Sunday and drive back late and start working again on Monday. Those, those are just as special. And, and to the average guy, which that's what I am. Yeah. yeah. You know, that is awesome. Cause that's what most of us have time to do you know, and those things are definitely not looked down on or frowned upon. Cause that is what a majority of self of us throughout the year only have time to do is to maybe get off Friday at, you yeah. get in a two days and just love the heck out of it and do as many as those two days as you can do. You know,
0: it's, I, it's always one of those things when I see like a hunting show on TV, you know, you see them, they're, they're like, they're hunting with an outfitter for, you know, a week or whatever it is. And, Ooh. And, you know, they end up killing a nice animal, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that adventure and that way of doing it. I have nothing against it at all. But the, to the average guy like you and I, I mean, it's it's not really how it is. We're weekend warriors. We're taking oh. off time from work. We're, you know, we really understand that taking away from, you know, having a family and taking time away from our family, like in, in church and different things like that, you know, it's, it's, that's hard on us, you know, as, as weekend guys. And, uh, you know, I don't like that perspective always. I don't like them to see that perspective. And that's kind of what I liked about, you know, watching some of your videos, you kind of show the background, you know, you show the, the kind of natural raw you know, view of what hunting really is. And I haven't watched your new film yet to be honest, so I don't know yeah. what you're showing in that, but just from looking at some of your other videos and stuff like that, you know, I like your perspective on how you kind of show everything. And and obviously you, you have the the run to gun twist with, you know, the fitness and the health and the different right. things like that. But you also bring in a lot of the attitude and the mindset type stuff to your to your, you know, your show and your podcast. Now talk about a little bit where that comes from. Obviously it's, it's something natural as a a trainer. I mean, that a huge part of training is probably, you know, attitude and mindset, I assume. Right.
1: Definitely. (laughs) Um, You know, definitely came from just a young age. I definitely think it's just one of those gifts that, you know, I, God gave me to, to think the way I think I love to just, I love to smile and you know, I get made fun of all the time from people (laughs) that dude, you're always smiling. Like, yeah, smiling's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> well, but just I think it's just the way God made me. You know, I I try to view things in a positive manner and that doesn't mean I'm I don't have days like everybody else that yeah. down and I I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've had a rough year this year. It's been one of my toughest years. And uh but I just try to keep everything in perspective like that day 10 that I talked about up on the mountain. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I think you know, a big majority is just the way God made me. Uh secondly, I grew up in a hotel setting where uh service was the big thing, you know, you serve the customers and you you met them with a smile. Yeah, It's just what my my mom and dad instilled in me, and so that was that was huge. Uh, was just my parenting, my upbringing was was insane. Uh, very supportive parents that didn't ever, you know, doubt any dream that I ever had or anything that I said I wanted to do. Um, so I was just very blessed in that sense of my parenting, my upbringing was phenomenal. Um, and and then from there, just I don't know I, I i can't say i love to read i didn't read a lot of books you know i i but i have a couple books that i you know that i've read that i think had a little bit of impact just on viewpoints. Something. Yeah, yeah. I a book called go giver that was huge for me just five points in, in being you know what being a giving person can do for you um obviously scripture is huge like my favorite verse in the bible is first one i ever learned when i was a little kid is first peter four nine it's use hospitality one to another without grudging awesome and it's like one of those little verses man yeah. I don't have a lot of verses memorized, like, I, you know, but that one just stuck with me ever since I was a little kid. And so just little things like that, that I just, I think those positivenesses and those perspectives on just being, having a service attitude towards everyone, being a servant towards everyone, um, and wanting to help them live that life beyond average yeah, um, has just keyed into like our podcast and our, our TV show. And just trying to, and that's what we set out. Like, I want to be different. I don't want to look like every other show. I don't want to bring what every other show is doing. And so, you know, that was something that just really set us apart. And there's times that, you know, as a business owner, you Mm -hmm. get down because other people are doing things that are similar or they're copying you or whatever it is. I mean, it's easy to get down or to compare yourself, but at the end of the day, you have to just, you know, remember that, Hey, like God didn't make a copy of me. Yeah, like, exactly. Nobody can copy that and nobody can take that. And that's like, that's my intellectual property,
0: <laughs> you know, be, in my And mind. just be you, you know, and don't be afraid to be you. Have the courage to be you. I know you had a, uh, I listened to one of your podcasts and it was a, it was a talk with some young hunters and it was really yeah. cool. Like it was short and sweet and to the point, but man, it like, I could, I, I felt an impact just listening to you cool. talk about that, you know, And and your main point was just, be different. It's not, there's nothing negative about being a different person and being different than the people around you. You know, it's actually what is so special about you. That's what's so positive. And, uh, I really liked how you talked about having the courage to just be different and stand out and how you kind of reflected back on getting run to gun started and uh how your first you know year was like man you know you you felt accomplished about it because you obviously had never done anything like that before had it you know started a tv show you just got a camera you just were like man i'm gonna go out and film my hunts you know and and bring right. my lifestyle into this and uh and you talked about how like but you compared you compared yourself which can be good and bad and in, in, in yep. but you compared yourself in a, in a positive way i thought you know because you looked back you said I don't want to be like everybody else. Everybody else is doing this, this, and this. I want to be different than that. That, I thought that was so awesome and so impactful.
1: Thanks a lot. I I appreciate it. Cause that's, that's yeah. the biggest thing, you know, is just staying true to yourself and living out your own truths and, and doing what you're supposed to be doing. And, and, uh, it's hard,
0: it's be hard be, to do that in today's hard. world though. You know, like we live in this oh, social media, fast paced world where everybody's telling us how to do everything yeah. and you almost, copy and become somebody else because you're watching everybody else do stuff. And it almost is like, I know we talked about a, a little bit about this kind of stuff at the Western Hunt Expo is yeah. just kind of almost taking time off of social media to like, look at yourself and remember who you are and where you came from. And I thought that was so cool, like how you actually kind of talked about that too. in you're in, in that talk and we talked about that, you know, quite a bit a too. Lot. And we we had to kind of almost we have a similar story where we both have had to step away from things and kind of reflect, you know, in a positive way and say, you know what, that's that's not who I am and I don't want to be somebody else on social media that maybe I am inspired by and it has some pretty cool stuff and puts some pretty good content out there, but I have my own content. I I'm my own person and just because I'm not reaching millions of people through what I'm posting maybe I'm going to impact one person or two people in a very positive manner. And that's what I like about you. Like you don't care about how many people you're reaching. You know that you're making an impact on one person at a time, you know, and that's huge.
1: Yeah. You know, the minute I stopped, you know, worrying so much about how many likes a post get or how many followers I'm gaining or whatever it is, the minute I just stopped caring, honestly, like, and it was hard to do, but it was weird how it was a light switch. It was just one day. It was just like, done caring like it was it was that much of a switch for me it was odd like i can't really explain it but it was like a couple months leading up to my 30th birthday it was just like the switch of like i'm gonna do this and that because i've wanted to for the last five years but dude honestly you've been kind of a pansy and you were actually worried about what people would think like i did i and i never thought that but i then i sat down and like self-evaluated i'm like oh you do actually care about being judged on a couple of these things and i'm like why i don't care anymore and I started doing the stuff I wanted, I, I started the podcast that I wanted to do. I started actually putting out content and talking to my followers the way I should have been talking to them for five years, mm-hmm. you know, and just, Hey, you know, I've, i put in the work, I put in seven years of work to get here. I think, you know, I, I just believe that it was my t- time to, I earned my time to speak. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's, it just took me time and some self-reflection and confidence
0: Maturity too. You know, I, I went through the same exact thing. Like we talked about yeah. before. It's just a part of maturing too. You just realize, you know, you reflect back and think, you know, I used to be this way when I was young. I, I was, I didn't care what anybody thought. And then all of a sudden in my twenties, like all of a sudden, why did I, I started caring what people thought. Yep. And then you get to the end of that and you're like, that's stupid. Why am I doing that? And then you look back and you're you like, all right, it's time to, it's time to just be myself again, you know, and uh, just maturity is a big part of that. And, and, for me, it was like starting a family too, you know, like having my wife and my kids, like my kids aren't looking at what somebody else is doing. They're looking at what I'm doing and they're learning from me as the leader, not somebody else. So, you know, I need to stand up and be who I am so they can learn from me, not from yeah. some outside source, you know?
1: Dude, what a great point. What, dude, that, <laughs> seriously, what a great point. Like, yeah, what, what better motivation to be you, you mm-hmm. know, than that right there. That's phenomenal.
0: That's, that's definitely my, a big part of my motivation for sure is, is looking at them and thinking, okay, they, I mean, obviously the biggest reflection for me is my faith and, and my faith in Jesus, you know, and I look at him for, for, you know, what my direction is in the Bible, right. but then you think, okay, well, where are they, where's my kids going to see that first? You know, they're going to see that through me. So that that's huge. That's a big motivation yeah. and, uh, Nothing bigger. yeah, man, it's, it's important, but, uh, Let's back up a little bit because I really want to dig in a little bit about your health and fitness side because I'm I'm on a little bit of a health, health and fitness journey right now myself. And yeah. I did a little bit of keto stuff. And now I'm kind of I'm kind of in this transition phase right now where I'm thinking about kind of getting into some of the stuff that you and I talked about at Western Hunt Expo and just kind of getting a more balanced diet. Um continuing to, you know, my mindset is right, my motivation is right, I believe, but I want to hear a little bit about, you know, like so getting started in health and fitness what's what's the best way to get started you know don't use me as your example because i 'm not just a starter i 've kind of been in in this balance you know as a college athlete over time but say there's a thirty five year old guy who never really was into working out his he he was you know just into hunting for hunting as it is and i'll try to take a hunter's perspective just because yeah. because that's kind of that's kind of your angle that you like to work but how can just a thirty five year old Hunter, you know, who wants to get in better shape. Maybe he's thinking about going to his first Elcon out west. You know, how can he get started? What are the steps sure. he needs to kind of take to get going?
1: I think the first steps you gotta do is just you have to decide to start doing it. You know, that's number one. Absolutely. Somebody else can't decide for you with anything in life and fitness is definitely one of those things. Um secondly, you just you gotta start moving. You know what I mean? Don't necessarily get too fancy with things um, off the bat. If that is if that's something that stresses you out, um, You know, just get, get moving. You know, if that means going on your hike a couple days a week, um, going on a walk, going for a jog outside or hitting the gym and hitting the treadmill, if, if, if that's what it is, that kind of just starts getting you comfortable with moving again, then start that way. If you're somebody and you know yourself and you need accountability then go do a little research, jump to some gyms and. And, uh, interview trainers don't, don't, the trainers don't interview you, you interview the trainer, you're hiring the trainer. So it's up to you who you want to work with. So talk to some of these trainers and, uh, find somebody that matches your personality that can challenge you that you, that, that, you know, you can't necessarily just botch out on that you're going to feel accountable to and, and set it up where you're training twice a week with them. Set it up if you can afford three days a week with them. Um, do something like that. that how, is a- how
0: much should you be training as you get started? I mean, should it be like an all-in or nothing right away? Or should it be a couple days a week you're lift, lifting weights and a couple days a week you're doing some cardio? Or yeah. what, would, what would you, like as a personal trainer, what would you, like if somebody came to you and obviously hired you, what would you yeah. do?
1: I'm, I mean, I'm always an advocate of, of weightlifting resistance training just because I know the benefits so much bigger on the skeletal muscle system for longevity in our life. Is is that's obviously going to be key, but I've seen amazing results with people who walk a mile down to the fa- at the farm, that brisk walk a mile to their mailbox and back every day, mm-hmm. and eat extremely well and have incredible results. I mean, yeah. insane results. So the power of just brisk walking is great too. I mean, it's better than not do anything, but I just know the power of, of resistance training and what it can do. So
0: I mean, explain re- resistance training. Yeah,
1: So resistance training is going to be anything where your body is actually just, it's it's a moving weight. It's time under tension. So, you know, dumbbells, kettlebells, barbells, I mean, even bands, um, anything that has weight to it, that you're, you're functionally moving, uh, and your muscles have to work to move that weight is, is going to be that resistance training. It's mm-hmm. providing resistance against your muscles. Yeah. Um, And so it's huge because your body, your, your, your muscles are essentially your metabolism. I mean, that's how you burn calories is Mm -hmm. by breaking down muscle tissue and then repairing them. Um, so it's huge, but you know, obviously your muscles support everything in your body. So when you get older and you start feeling achy and your in your joints and all these other things, a lot of times it's because our muscles in certain regions aren't strong enough to support those regions. Okay. Um, and so just by by always strengthening their strengthening and then also obviously maintaining mobility as we're gaining strength, um, is, is key to being just healthier longer, but really being successful on hunts. I yeah. mean, in a yeah. long time period, you want to get in shape for hunt. The best thing you can do is just go crank out weights at a good pace, get a great sweat going for 30 minutes at, at minimum. You know, if you have mm-hmm. 30 minutes to go hard, get a good warm up in, hit an awesome circuit, a Metcon, which is metabolic conditioning where, you're not taking much breaks in there, but you're moving some weight, um, just breaking down the body and healing back up. So to get started, like you said, it might be two or three days a week that all, that's all the time you have to, yeah. to get in and it's stressing you out in the time frame of your schedule. Three days a week, you can do awesome. If you're eating well too, I mean, yeah. you can have some phenomenal results and build from there two days, two days, three days a week, build to get in, then get in a Sunday for 15 minutes somewhere, get in, you know, yeah. you can get all those little extras that really add up.
0: Yeah. So I can't eat McDonald's when I'm trying to do all this. <laughs> you have to
1: eat <laughs> Big Macs have shown great results. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: so tell, you know, tell me a little bit about like what you would suggest. Obviously, you know, I, I kind of went through the whole keto thing. I, want, I think for me, it was a good starter. You know, it's something where I really yeah. had to be super disciplined to get started. But now Not I'm looking kidding. at it and I felt super good. But you know, everything that I know about health and fitness and then nutrition, the nutrition side is being balanced, you know, is really important. And I know you really preach that and talk about that. So, you know, what, what does a balanced diet look like?
1: Yeah. So to me, what a balanced diet is, is, is looking at those macronutrients, which is your protein, carbs, and your fats. Mm -hmm. And, And, um, I like, I really look at fiber as one of those big things too, but Overall, looking at those uh, three, the big three, the protein, carbs, and fats, and making sure you're getting adequate amounts of each to reach your goals. Um, God made all three. Go ahead.
0: What would you suggest is like a good percentage, I guess, of of those macros on on your daily diet?
1: Sure. You know, the basic starting points, a lot of times is what you're reading for people is around that. 45 to 50% carbohydrates around that 30, 35% uh, protein and that 20% fat range.
0: Now explain, explain why you'd want so many carbs. I mean, isn't that, aren't carbs bad?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. <totally laughs> bad. Uh, no, they're actually not, you know, carbs play such a vital role in our system. Um, they just gotten a bad rep because our carbohydrate intake overall has just been so outrageous for most people. And that's how they put on so much extra fat because your carbs are metabolized and they're broken down into glucose, which glucose is sugar, right? Yeah. Um, but what carbs, that's what carbs are. They're energy. They're an energy source for us. Um, but having them in the wrong amounts, obviously they can be stored as fat. And so if you're taking in too much for your activity, activity level, it's going to be stored as fat. So finding that amount that you actually need to maintain proper energy, proper hormone function and brain function, uh, to be very, you know, to have peak performance and everything you're doing. Yeah. Just don't think it's performance is just like lifting weights and running. Think of it as even thinking to having peak, peaking cognitive performance is having these optimal amounts. So just making sure you're not too high. If, if you're more of a stagnant person, you're not going to require as many carbohydrates. Well, that's where most people, End up putting on fat,
0: yeah, because they're they're sitting around more. They're maybe they're working a desk job like I do. Yeah, I'm eating all these carbs, and it's giving me energy, but it's it's also like I don't really need that much energy to actually perform.
1: Correct, so, yeah. Right? So it's about finding finding that that optimal amount, um, and and protein. Right, I mean, we can actually get away with a little less protein than what people originally thought even for obviously the more active you are, the more muscle tissue breaking down, you're going to need some extra protein for recovery. So that number's right. going to fluctuate a little bit, but, um, and then fats as well, huge for hormone function, um, ton of different roles in the body. A
0: lot of the cognitive stuff, it seems it comes from the fats, right? I mean, a lot of the reading and the research I've done is, you know, getting those good fats, those avocados, getting those good oils, different things like that, especially just coming off keto. So I was pretty much, my body was running off of fat. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized like how good my body and my brain works when I'm putting, you know, inputting a ton of fat. So, I mean, I think that's a huge thing, right?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And that's the thing is like when you're getting in like avocados and things like that, they're also very high fiber, which, you know, a lot of studies have shown that, you know, the higher fiber intake we take in, there's just great correlation there with fat loss um, and satiety and things like that, that just they aid in fat loss aid in healthier living. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. What, so give me an example of somebody's diet on like maybe a, a a daily diet, you know, you can go through a day, day's worth of food and maybe an exercise like that you would suggest.
1: Sure. Uh, I'll just use myself as an example. So like I get up in the morning, um, I'm eating, I, I try to shoot for five or six meals. I've been terrible lately and it's been more like four and five.
0: Hold on, hold on, back up. Did you say five or six meals?
1: Yeah, five or six meals okay. and I'm not, okay. I'm not counting a pre and post workout with that. So it's actually like eight meals. But uh, it, I'm just trying to get in those adequate amounts of food that I need to stay lean, put on lean muscle mass, recover, not lose muscle mass that I've worked so hard to gain. So I require more calories. and My activity yeah. requires more calories. Is that um, why you're
0: eating more meals? All, you know, all day long explain that a little bit deeper. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so I mean, there's studies that conflict that go both ways uh, That show like even if you're taking in two meals with that same amount of calories as I would take in with eight that You're technically still doing the same thing Uh, I don't know like i've tried both. I I just feel better taking in the additional meals and the same amount of calories Um, I feel more revved up energy. I, I feel so empty and crappy if I don't eat every, you know, four hours ish I would love to eat and I've done it. I would love to eat, you know, a big morning breakfast and not eat for eight or nine or 12 hours and fast because my life would be so much more efficient, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I just, I can't reach my goals that way. I've tried it. And so for me, it just works really well to try to get in, you know, uh, my, my higher macro meals. So uh, my, my breakfast, lunch, and my dinner are going to be my higher macronutrient meals. So I might be seeing like 60 to 75 carbs on a, on a, uh, breakfast lunch and supper my snacks what what
0: are you what are you eating for carbs like what is your main uh, you know source of carbs
1: yeah so i'm looking at like oatmeal cheerios things like that in the morning for my carbohydrates Uh, i actually do a shake right now that has like some carbs in there to get that carb number up because Mm -hmm. i just struggle to get in the ample amount of carbs i need in the morning um because i'm actually taking in a few more carbs then because i usually work out in the morning and I, so I try to take in like another 40 carbs right before I work out, which are usually a little bit faster acting, simple carbohydrates. Um, so like, you know, some fruits I'm having right there. And so I'm taking quite a few carbs right before I'm training in the morning. So I'm good, good
0: carbs though. Not like sugary type carbs. These are like, like both, whole balanced carbs, right?
1: Yeah. Both. I mean, my main breakfast is going to be a, a, a complex carbohydrate, but right before my workout is lo- a lot of times more of a simple carbohydrate with some sugars in it. Just quick acting energy and things like that but i you know i don't i don't try to exceed 20% of my total carb intake. Mm-hmm. i rarely ever exceed 20% is from simple sugars and a lot of times it's even lower than that so but that's kind of my goal number for my clients is never exceed if you're taking let, let's say let's just use 100 because it's an easy number to work with if you're taking in 100 carbs which is super low in my opinion but if you're taking in 100 carbs 20 grams of those carbs uh, is the maximum amount you can take in from sugar from a simple carbohydrate so the rest Excellent. of those carbs should be from like a sweet potato oatmeal, uh, quinoa, brown rice, um, you know, yeah, other potato sources that mm. are great that that's, and those are all higher fiber grains and sources like that too. So that fiber intake increases the vegetables and they're going to be huge for yeah, yeah. Fiber. fiber. Yeah. Yeah. So my snacks are a little bit less carbohydrate usually more like 30 to 45 grams of carbohydrate. And so then bedtime snacks count the same. So three snacks, three meals, What I'm trying to do and then pre and post workout,
0: uh, what, you know, obviously you're a hunter. So your protein source is probably a lot of like lean meats or, or talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it actually is, and it's been for years. And I actually sat down one day and really evaluated that my fat intake was much lower than it should be because of that. Cause I take in so many lean meats because I have elk meat. I'm lucky enough to have oryx meat or have deer meat, whatever it is.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because of my hunts. Um, and we still buy some chicken to mix it up. We still buy some pork in there and mix it up because you just don't eat the same things all the time. Yeah. But um, yeah, I really actually, I really have to focus to get in adequate amounts of fat. So like I do buy avocados frequently because they just half of an avocado, avocado twice a day. I'm usually taking in one full avocado a day. Um, so 30 grams of my fats right there, about 20, mm-hmm. 30 grams are coming from avocados every day, which is, which is awesome. So they're cool. they're delicious. So um that's kind of one of my focuses that yeah the lean proteins definitely with my stuff I kill.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. And that's obviously a huge benefit of being a hunter is mm-hmm. having those those lean proteins accessible and it, it just it's a cleaner it's a cleaner meat, man. It's just like I I that's what I love about hunting, you know. Obviously, I've got my little homestead out here and I've started to raise chickens and yeah. raise pigs and different things <laughs> just because I want just because I want to I want to really reach out and be able to say, you know, Hey, this is the meat I killed. I I raised this animal and I killed this animal and now I'm feeding it to my family. And even hunting goes even a step further because that animal's out there in the total wild and we're Mm -hmm. chasing after it, which is, I think is so
1: awesome. Yeah. But I think there's like that total pride into like having your own chickens or like raising a pig or whatever it is. Like there's a lot of pride that goes into that because you cared for it and you, you know, I, I think that's pretty awesome.
0: Well, we've, we've lost some of that pride, I think, as our generation. Obviously, we're millennials, you know, being in our early 30s, and well, I think you are just turned 30, or you're turning yep,
1: just 30, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, we grew up where, we still grew up where we can remember, like, the the 90s, where people were still really big into, you know, like, raising your own garden and your own food and different mm-hmm. things like that, but then as we kind of hit the late 90s, the early, you know, the 2000s hit, and, uh, you know, it seems like a transition happened, you know, and, and we didn't, I mean, there's always going to be where we grew up. There's going to be pride in farming in the Midwest, you know, but as I went to the cities and went to college and different things like that, it was like, people didn't talk about that at all, like farming and, and hunting. And I was just like, man, this is, this is crazy. What the heck? You know, like, so as I've gotten older and I started my own family, I like I have come back to my own roots, you know, and, and it's like, man, I want to raise my own animals and yeah. I want to, I want to, you know, kind of take responsibility for my own food, have a garden, have those things. So yeah, there's definitely, there's some pride in it, but the pride, sure. the pride for me is also kind of just bringing back that old school mentality, you know, just bringing back that, that, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's the old way of doing things, but it, it kind of has become almost, you know, cause we rely so much on going to the grocery store, you know, right? right. and it kind of, I, I hate that. I hate seeing that people rely so much on going to the grocery store. You know, yeah,
1: know, it's just cool. Even just knowing how to do those things. I, I just, I think it's a valuable tool to just knowledge is, is always power with that. So, yeah.
0: So one of the things, uh, I really wanted to talk about is I, I saw a feed in your, on your Instagram that had a lot of, it talked about firsts and firsts, a lot of firsts and hunting. And, uh, you know, I, I was looking through some of your Instagram, old Instagram stories, which is pretty cool. And, uh, there was one, I think, of your dad, maybe your daughter. There was a few other ones. You know what I'm talking about?
1: I do. Yep, okay. I did. It was, okay, uh, cool, cool. Yeah, I remember that. I think I, like, highlighted it in one of my, like, those highlighted stories, right? About Yeah,
0: yeah. And I, I was just looking through that, and I was like, man, this is really cool. So you've taken a lot of people out on some of their first hunts and different things yeah. like that. So, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about that and, and kind of your experiences with that. What's, you know, what which one of those hunts really stands out to you? Do you, you know, really think about?
1: Yeah, I think something new and special definitely to me is, is, you know, my first, my firstborn's a, a girl and she's just turned four. But when she was like two and a half, you know, she was always seemed like kind of like advanced for a two and a half year old. Like I compared to my little guy now who's a little over two and I'm like, yeah, he doesn't seem near as advanced as he is. just different. They're just so much different. Well, she was like so cognitive about things where I'm like, I'm going to take your turkey hunting. And so that spring she was like two and a half and there's a couple counties and they just changed it which is a bummer but there's a couple counties in south dakota where you can actually shoot a turkey with like a 223 or 243 in these couple counties and one of them is my home county and i've never done it and i'm like okay i I don't have time to go or nor she is she gonna sit in a blind for me to archery hunter shotgun hunt yeah Um, i just want to use this opportunity to just take her on a hunt you know what i mean like i just think it'd be cool to take her so I called my brother who films all of our stuff. I'm like, hey, you wanna go out this weekend, take Eva out on a turkey hunt? Let's film it just for fun. Like, I don't know if it's gonna be successful or what's gonna happen. Um, but we went out to this little spot and uh, you know, spotted some turkeys way up in the Cedar Canyon and hiked up in there with her and just carried her, you know, the whole way and and we got this turkey up there and she like had a ball, you know, and cool. got up there and grabbed the turkey feathers and thought it was the coolest thing, you know, and she had so much fun and just now, you know, and then the next year she, you know, you're talking about her, you show her the video, we have it up on YouTube and show it to her. And awesome. we went turkey hunting again. We filmed it again, did it a second year. And uh so I, you know, just getting her introduced to that. And now we've introduced her to some fishing and stuff. Like, I think that was probably, you know, for me, like one of my newest favorites. I got so many. Yeah, they yeah. were just, I, it's, it's special. Like I got to do with her what my dad did with me. So
0: yeah. That, yeah. Uh, That's special. very special. Very, very special. Now, I think one of them was, was it your dad on an elk hunt maybe?
1: Mm-hmm. So, you know, my dad has hunted for years, has, he actually has 33 preference points for like a, uh, this one elk hunt in South Dakota. He has 18 for another elk hunt in South Dakota. Wow. Uh, we drew a uh, first year run run to gun. We actually drew uh, archery bull tags in New Mexico. And I killed my first bull down there with a bow and then, but he never did. And then, mm. so like, then he went all these other years, he's not drawing tags and, uh, you know, he's had a couple unsuccessful bull hunts already, you know, throughout the years. And so, like, he's never had a bull. And then I draw another tag in South Dakota. I kill another bull. He's still <laughs> out of bull. And I'm like, oh, I'm kind of feeling bad. Uh, but I got to, then he, we just put him in for this cow hunt that we knew had high odds. And I got to go with him. And he actually killed a cow, which is, it was his first elk. And so mm. we got that all on film. So that cool. was super cool. It was the same year that my grandpa died. So it was kind of special in that sense. Yeah we turned around the very next fall and we drew that New Mexico tag again. And that whole goal was like, okay, I have a tag, but I'm like, I don't care about my tag. Like the whole goal is to get dad, a nice bull. And uh, we did on the second night and he shot just a really swamper bull with a bow over this water hole on a hot evening. And uh, it was just so special man in the pack out. And so just being part of that and being there, you know, for, you know, yeah. dad was all there for my first, but like what well, first does a son get to experience of his dad's, you know? So like, getting to be there for all that and packing it out with him and and going through the suffering of this long pack out late at night, getting late. It was just, man, that was just awesome. And like, it was one of those
0: just doing that together, man, is I can't even imagine what that would be like. I still like, I still have dreams of getting my dad out there too. And I've, I've tried to, from afar, I've tried to encourage him, even with my own journey of getting in better shape and being healthier. Like I don't like just go out and tell him like, Hey dad, come on, man, you need to, you need to do better. I, I just, I don't know. I just, it's hard for me to do that because it's my dad, you know, but I do yeah. kind of, I nudge him a little bit and I'm like, dad, come on, let's, you know, I I try to keep that in his mind. Someday I want to take you on an elk hunt. You know, I want to go out yeah. and, and do this. And, and he's, he, he's pretty young. He's like, 54 i think or yeah. 50 he's not super i mean he's yeah. he's
1: getting there but he, he's, yeah, he's younger than my dad i mean my dad's yeah. 62 i think so and so and my dad so it was actually really cool he actually was only three months out of a an full ankle replacement mm. before that hunt And so like the fact wow. that he got himself back in shape after that and did all that and like hiked in where he was and packed out that bowl with me like that's cool man, man. Like, it was just super neat you know and like you know, we packed out all the meat and stuff and like he packed all the, you know, the head, the carcass, the yep. raft on. And we went up this nasty rock face, like straight up because he we were down in this water hole. That was just like half mile straight up pretty much, you know, in a really steep incline. And after that, it was like a two mile gradual downhill, but yeah. it was all this nasty rock. Like the uphill was better than the downhill, but I was kind of like, you know, we made it, finally made it to that top. And I, I just stayed behind him and like encouraged that whole way. And he's like, go ahead and take you and Matthew, take stuff to the truck. He's like, I'm going to start keep working down with Justin. And I'm like, well, just like, if you feel tired or something happens, I'm like, ditch your pack. I'm like, when I get to the bottom, I'll start working my way back up. And like, I'll haul it. Like not a yeah. big deal. And I'm like, I'm just super pumped. He's made it as far as he had, you know? And like, I get down to the truck. I dish my pack, sit there for a second, like <laughs> resting. And like, I look up the hill a little ways and I like, I see a little headlamp. Like, I'm like, no way. Like, and I'm like, I'm not touched. Like, I'm not even going to touch it. You know, like, I, <laughs> like I'm not I ruin this for him. Cause like, he's going through something right now too. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. He he's, on,
0: he's on he's on a journey right now, man. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and like he made it back. And like, I could just tell, like, it was one of those things like he had to do. Like it was part of his life and his journey that like,
0: that's so cool, he man. He needed to
1: do it for himself, you know? And so just being there for that was a, Probably, I mean, easy top three hunting moment for me. You know, that's
0: that's awesome. So, did he do a lot of preparation
1: for the hunt? Then did, he did you help, I, help I, you I him for some of that? Yeah, I wrote him a program for that that he did back home, and and he he nailed it. So, what kind uh, of stuff wrote,
0: was he? What kind of stuff was he doing? Like, I mean, with his yeah. schedule and what he
1: well, does, basically, he was at home style. So I wrote at home workouts. For okay, cool. Him. Mainly set set around dumbbells. Um, yep. He had one barbell, but dumbbells, adjustable dumbbells, uh, a physio ball and like one barbell
0: pretty, pretty basic really just yeah. at home stuff
1: yeah he actually had a bow flex and so like i did utilize a couple of like the motions to be able to do some back exercises mm-hmm. some style of back exercises on that uh but other than that i mean really free weights was what we utilized and then he had a, a treadmill and like in the summer he was going out biking a little bit but not near as much as like you know hitting the treadmill for some incline walking and stuff and some pack yeah. walking. So, cool it was awesome.
0: Man, that, that's, that's awesome hunt, man. So t- tell me a little bit about like the people kind of behind the scenes with your show and what you guys are doing on that side, your media side. Now, do you, do you have like a, a crew of guys who are helping out? Um, like I know you have a, a couple of co-hosts, I don't know them personally myself, but I know you yeah. have a few, tell me a little bit about your team and kind of how things work within the, within that.
1: Yeah. So I have a couple of co-hosts, uh, one of them, uh, Austin Kiergaard and he's more like my fitness side of things co-host. He's been on a couple hunts with us, which has been awesome. Is we, he a
0: fitness guy then too, a trainer and stuff? But, or?
1: Yep. And that's how I met him was we were both trainers in Sioux Falls and cool. came, came together that way. Cause we had the same mindsets of what training actually is, you know, a yeah. lot of things in the life side of things. So we just really connected that way. Um, and then on season one, and I was at a, a wedding of my old high school buddies and I met this other guy named Matt McCraney. And this was before the show had even, like, we ha- it was in the summer, so we weren't yet filming season one. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, if you need this, you know, I just kind of connected with him. He was like, yeah, if you want to film, like, a duck hunt or something, like, come up where you're going to duck hunt up in, in the fall. So we went up there, duck hunted with him, and, like, really just connected with him. And then he invited me up to come ice fishing that winter. Yep. And we're in a shack with a guy for three or four days, like, you're <laughs> really are going to connect or you're not? Yeah, we just became super good friends. And he, his name is Matt McCraney. He's been in a ton of our episodes. You see us hunting together and we mm-hmm. we really started just big game hunting and venturing. And that's yeah. where my venture because like I always hunted close to home growing up. Uh, but with him, we started just like looking at maps and picking up these leftover tags and started yeah. venturing and that's where, you know, the fun of what I've really fallen in love mm-hmm. with over the last five years got started was with him.
0: So he's been kind of one of your main hunting partners, you'd say then, I guess. Exactly.
1: Yep. He's my, kind of my main guy that we try to go on hunts on. And he's cool. a full time, like entrepreneur, uh, farmer, you know, like starting cool. it off. Like he, his family had a farm, but he's not one of those guys. like, oh, I'm gonna take over the family farm. He's like, no, I'm going to grow the family. Farm. Yeah. Cool. So he's out there, but you know, tr- you know, getting in debt, buying property, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he's super busy. So like, season five he hardly got to come out with us but then this season six he came out with us on a couple hunts uh you see him scouting with me in our day 13 film that we're we're out with he's just a card like we butt heads and bicker at each other all the time but it's uh, he knows how to get underneath my skin that's for sure but we're we're best friends like he's a great guy he pushes me but he's always there to encourage me when i'm feeling down about something too
0: yeah. You got well, to have a guy, you got to have people around you like that, man. I, that's, yeah. that's, I think that's really is. important. You know, you got to have those people around you who are going to encourage you and, and, but just be straight with you and talk, you know, just tell yeah. you how it is, you know?
1: Yep, And that's him. And then, uh, down in New Mexico, I got a partner. His name's Justin Medina. He owns Arrowhead Outfitting in New Mexico. I met him on my very first elk hunt, which was, uh, that very first episode we ever filmed the run to gun season one. And I met him did another hunt with him, and we just became really good friends too. He's a good Christian man. Same cool. age as me or us, you know. He's like a year older than us. Yeah. Uh, we just you we know, we partnered our businesses up, and he's one of my co-hosts. And we try to do a hunt or two with him every year. And then uh, probably like the biggest key factor of my business and its success um, or growing, whatever you want to call it, is definitely my brother. Um, he's the, he's the artist behind the camera. Cool. And, uh, he's super talented. He does with uh limited funds, what most guys are doing with huge funds in the outdoor industry. So he's
0: like your editor, cameraman doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Then He,
1: he, he does all, almost all the filming, uh, me and him both, uh, collab on the editing. Um, cool. so we're both doing that, but yeah, he's just phenomenal. Like for, like if you want to see some of the best freehand videography, I, in my opinion, and I try to stay very, uh, you know, unbiased in this. Yeah. You know, judging things. Cause I really do. Like I try to put myself when I'm comparing my, our product to something else to really can see what, see how we're doing in that sense, just from a quality aspect, the stuff that he filmed this year, like, er, you know, he started full time season two, season one, wasn't him season two. And just seeing the product. If you go back and watch those season two videos and watch season three and watch like that progression of him getting better. And then like, look at season five and it's like, well, this is pretty solid, man. And then like, this film that we just put out of season six, oh my gosh! Like you want to talk? In my opinion, some of the best freehand videography storytelling with a four thousand, five thousand dollar camera, mm-hmm. no special equipment. I mean i I put it up there in the top couple percent. I know that's probably like shouldn't say that, like, but going on the record, I'm saying it.
0: <laughs> that's you know, okay. You got I mean, confidence, man. Yeah, that's that's good.
1: Dog, he's just super talented i don't know how somebody hasn't stolen him from me yet
0: so, <laughs> luckily he's your luckily he's your brother huh <laughs> i know
1: i know the thing is, is i'd encourage him to go do something else if it was huge you know but he's just man like without, does he hunt
0: a lot too then or does he like to, he, just always
1: stick tag the camera? to he always gets a tag or two every year um yeah you know, he, he wants to go fill a deer tag he loves that side of it too cool um he's definitely the the, the sniper of the bunch he can uh we have footage of him. I grabbed the camera one time and he laid a deer down at, at 739. Uh, like he's, he's, <laughs> he's, a, I, I told him we shouldn't air it because the, 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 the if the military sees it, they're going to want him. So, cause he's very talented. Like just one of those natural guys, like very talented at what he does. Very artistic, artistic. And uh, okay. yeah, I mean, if I didn't have him, we wouldn't have run again. I don't think right now he's just pretty special to the team. So.
0: That's cool, man. That's really cool. Having those guys behind your, on your back like that, man, that's, yeah. that's huge. Not just, not just in hunting either and just, or just in the media side of things. I mean, just right. as a hunter, having a good, uh, having a good hunting partner, you know, and somebody that you can kind of work together with, it just gives you that much more confidence, you know, right. to do different things. I kind of liked what you mentioned, you know, like you guys are putting in for tags together and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I really need to, I need to, as I start to think about hunting out West more and, you know, looking into other areas I can hunt outside of home, you know, having a, I think having a hunting partner who wants to go on some of those adventures with me would be a, you know, it pushed me to, to really put in for those other tags and to know that I might have somebody who can come along with me that would be a a huge plus, you know, for sure.
1: Yeah. And then obviously my wife, my business partner, my wife owns part of the company and, and she, does a ton of stuff behind the scenes that never gets seen or recognized. For. Yep. So obviously, just the support. You know, when you're working full time job and you're trying to grow a full time business and you're raising a family, like you're not doing that by yourself. So, so that's uh, totally definitely the the key piece that glues it all together, man, and keeps us all yep all, all right
0: right <laughs> so, there with you on that. That's yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. You know what? I just wanted to ask you what's what's something that we didn't talk about over this, you know, t- period of time that you've really wanted to maybe touch on or talk about? Can you think of anything?
1: You did great. Like you're good. <laughs> you're really good. I, you know, you're just easy to talk to. Like you said, we've been friends for a while. And I just, I felt like, you know, at the hunting expo, we really got to grow our friendship and actually, you know, by meeting each other and spend a few days and a few yeah. hours. there. We were both off doing our own work, but you know, we, at the end of the day, we'd catch up and see how each other did. And, and, uh, so that was, you know, it, it was special for us to do that, yeah. but.
0: Yeah. No, I'm I'm excited for us to continue to stay in touch now, man. It's cool. Like once you get in person and start talking about things, it just connects everything. You know, it's, I mean, like I said, it felt like we knew each other so well, but you know, actually getting in person together like that and then seeing how similar our stories are in a lot of ways was, was kind of cool. And it really like connected the dots for me, especially, you know, like, it showed me uh, uh, just the real. I mean, you're pretty real on social media. I'll, I'll admit, but it just showed me a whole other side, and I was cool. I, I, thankful for that. Now, man, I'm grateful. Like going to that show, you know, the budget's tight in my household, and and yep. and I'm we're, we're pretty dead set on working really hard to get debt free and things like that. Yeah. So you know, like having a, having, you know, taking a little bit out of our budget, luckily I got a little bit of a bonus from my, my job at work, which helped, you know, for the flights and different things. But, uh, you know, man, I'm, I'm thinking like God knew what he was doing. He was like, Hey, you need to go and hang out with Jordan a little bit and get to know this guy. This guy's a a good dude. So I really do appreciate our time together there at the show and, and getting to know you better. And I appreciate you coming on here, uh, you know, to talk with me a little bit and, uh, I have one question I always ask my guests at the end of the show. And that question is, why do you hunt Jordan?
1: You know, I, I definitely hunt, uh, because I love who I am when I'm, when I'm out hunting. I feel like that's truly who I am. I I definitely feel most connected to God when I'm, when I'm out hunting. Um, it definitely be a lie if I said, I did it for the meat, you know, that's a big fad thing being said it's a bonus it's i i love getting that out of it but that's definitely not why i'm out there i'm definitely most connected i feel like to who i actually am when i'm when i'm out out in wilderness out doing doing a hunt out doing an adventure so. heck
0: yeah man that connection is is i think a lot why a lot of us do it man that connection we feel especially as a man you know is just like exactly. it's like we're we're supposed to be there and when it when we are out there like it all comes full circle so yeah, right there with you on that. That was a great answer. Todd, uh, let's tell everybody a little bit where they can find you, like on social media yeah. and stuff. Where, where, where are you at?
1: Yeah. So Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, I'm trying to get better at posting more on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> you're all going to see, you know, the at run two gun run to gun is all of our handles there. Our website is run 2 gun.com really easy for you. Um, and then our YouTube channel, that's really something we're putting a lot of focus on um, so if you just go to YouTube, type in run two gun, you should see our channel. Love it if you'd hit subscribe. Um, yeah, not missing anything. We have so much cool content coming out this year. Like I said, we're just starting to kick out our season six stuff. So we have like a really cool walleye fishing from the sub- summer up in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. If you, you love some fishing and want to see kind of what it's about, um, and then we just released our big film, which is at day 13, which is it's yeah. two parts, but it's 80 total minutes of of a, a archery mule deer adventure. So if you're just kind of looking to, to learn a little bit about mule deer hunting, we actually have some really good content in there of, of ways that I feel like are the best ways to be successful on a hunt. Like you'll see me actually fail on a couple of stocks awesome. and we show it and we talk about it and what I should have done differently. Maybe see in like, cause it's me just kind of talking to myself out loud and so yeah. you see like what's going through my head after I miss or after I blew a stock or after I was successful on why. And so I give a lot of that. And so I think there's actually some really good learning, to be done in this film yeah, um, yeah. And The footage is just really cool. I think it was put together really well. Um, and then lastly, the the podcast. Um, so we're on pretty yeah. much all the platforms. You can type in run to gun, or you can just type in, uh, uh, live beyond average. Um, we got about 52 or 53 episodes up on there. Some are, you know, between 10 and 20, 30 minutes, but a lot of them are like what you said, the short and sweet the three to six minutes Where just subjects are on the top of my head. And I'm just yeah. kind of styling it. Um, They're
0: purposeful though. I really like yeah. how purposeful they, you know, they get kind of to the point and they really have usually a good message. So I really like that. I do have to mention too, that man, I'm waiting to like sit down and watch your, the, the, the new film you just put out. So yeah. I, that's why yeah. I haven't seen it. I know you just released it the other day, but that's the main reason why I haven't you know watched it. Cause I haven't had time to just sit down and pull it up on YouTube and like watch it on the big screen here in my, in my, yeah. living room. so that's what I'm waiting. We'll, I'm excited we'll have, about
1: that. You'll have fun. I think you'll connect. I think a lot of people will because it's, it's just different. You know, I I think a lot of people connect with the personalities. We show a little bit more of our personalities behind it in our, in our scouting. So it's a very fun film, uh, to give a little sneak peek, nobody knows yet. So your, your podcast is the first to know Mm -hmm. our next film. And I think it'll really connect with your viewers, um, is an antelope hunt. That is this, our, I took a guy out and it was his very first antelope hunt. Oh, wow. Um so I think it'll really connect with your viewers on what we did here a public land hunt. Cool. Um so that'll be coming out here in the in the coming week. So if you guys just don't want to miss it just hit subscribe on that YouTube channel so you don't miss it. Um it it'll, it I think it just connects with what you're doing. You yeah, I think yeah, you're yeah, going to like it.
0: So, I'll I'll be sure to connect it or I'll link everything up in the show notes for this show. And when we get this podcast out there, you know, everybody will be able to connect and go over and subscribe to uh, everything you're doing over on YouTube, man. I, I Thanks again, Jordan. I really do appreciate your time. It, you know, it's been awesome getting to know you and, and connecting our stories together. And, and I, this has been, I mean, I learned a ton just from us talking, but I know a bunch of, you know, a bunch of the people listening are going to even learn more. So that's so awesome. I
1: love this log, this long form conversation. It was, it was phenomenal. You're a special guy, man. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you thinking of me to to be on your show. That means a lot just in itself. So you bet again sometime.
0: No problem. Thank you. Man, that was an enjoyable conversation I had with Jordan Miller. Be sure to go give Jordan a follow on social media and send him a message. Let him know that you enjoyed his conversation with me on the Activate the Hunt podcast. Jordan is definitely all about connecting with uh, new people on social media, so be sure to give him a follow and drop him a message. Also, I wanted to mention again, be sure to check out the Activate the Hunt Digital Campfire. To become a member, go to www.jointhecampfire.com. Again, that's www.jointhecampfire Finally, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. I would also appreciate it if you'd leave a rating and review on iTunes. This helps new people find the podcast. Check back next week. I'll have a new conversation for you. Have a great week, everyone.
1: Thank you for listening to Activate the Hunt podcast. For additional information about this podcast, the show notes, hunting articles, and more, visit www.activatethehunt.com.